what's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Ask a Sis P podcast, uh, which is a complimentary podcast to the other side of the firewall. So Monday and Tuesday are our topics, Wednesday discussion, and then Friday we talk about everything else. But on these special episodes, they're more interview style where I get to talk to somebody who is uh, either supporting the community or has something to bring to the audience uh, that's beneficial, right? So this is the second one of the year. So uh, you guys are being extra spoiled two weeks in a row. Uh, this time around, I have uh, a person who uh, actually we have several things in common, right? So he is a fellow Air Force retiree. He is a PMP, and he is also Four Block alumni. Alumni. Uh, so please meet Justin Cook. How are you doing today? Outstanding. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Hey, no worries at all. I appreciate you coming on. So this is actually the only the second time we've met. Uh, so we actually met in four block. You were uh, one of the uh, instructors. So you got to teach me some stuff about how to retire, you know, not be so cranky <laughs> into the job market. So I greatly appreciate that. Uh, but we have a, a mutual uh, uh, friend. So uh, Jeff Lodick, uh, good friend of the podcast, one of my, uh, my mentors for probably the past eight years, suggested that we meet and talk about some of the initiatives that you have going on. Uh, so to get the ball rolling, I would say, uh, let's find out a little bit more about Justin Cook, like who you are your origin story, and what you're currently doing. Perfect. No, thank you. Uh, so Justin Cook just recently retired out of the Air Force, out of SOCOM. I was very fortunate to retire as the senior enlisted leader for J6. Uh, so the communications and cyber directorate there at SOCOM. And I really kind of felt like I was not going to get a better assignment uh, to retire out of. It's It's pretty hard to beat that. Um, so I felt as though that that was going to be the, the end of the road for me and what a way to go out on top, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of time in the Air Force, I had spent in uh, light, fast tactical communications, so in combat communication squadrons, um, and in, in the regular squadrons that I had spent time in was in Korea, um, so again, a lot of kind of that tactical mindset. Uh, did a lot of executive communications for both CENTCOM and SOCOM. So learning a lot about how to ensure that communications and transport was up anywhere in the world for whoever that particular principal was. And so pretty much the rule of thumb was if you were in a seat somewhere, plane, train, or automobile, you were providing transport to that principal so that way they could accomplish that mission anywhere in the world. And so, again, a very gratifying mission that taught me a lot, not only about leadership, but really about how to ensure that uh, all of those systems are up and operational, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so, again, very gratifying. Um, with me retiring here uh, just at the end of last year, I was very fortunate to be picked up by DOD Service Integrator, where the mantra is trust first, solutions driven, mission obsessed and that is Red Sky's core attributes. And that really fell in line with a lot of my Air Force ethics, vor, uh, values, and morals. And so it was a really good fit for me to come over and work for Miss Carol Monroe at Red Sky, where I've found myself as the Director of Strategic Growth and Technology. And what I do is I spend a lot of time trying to solve those hard problems for the DOD and agency customers. And so again, it, it fits perfectly with more or less what I was growing up doing in the Air Force, solving those hard problems. And so now I just get to do it in a different uniform, more or less polos as opposed to, uh, you know, uniforms. So it's right. been a good transition. Right, absolutely. 
So uh, I believe like, so, you know, I did a little bit of LinkedIn snooping. So you spent more than half your life uh, in the Air Force. So, you know, thank you for your service. I greatly appreciate that. Uh, before joining the Air Force, uh, where, like, where are you from and kind of what led you to join? Yeah, so I grew up, or I can say with most affinity that uh, growing up in Southern California, so seeing a lot of the stuff out of Palmdale and Lancaster where the F-117 and the SR-71 and all of the skunk works, I was absolutely fascinated with just seeing all of those aircraft. And it really kind of led me on my journey to joining the Air Force and wanting to contribute to, you know, seeing those planes in the in the sky was just absolutely fascinating to me. And so growing up in Southern California kind of led me down that path. Uh, joined in 1998, shortly after high school. And, um, you know, never looked back. So it was, it was a great opportunity and a great ride. Uh, 24 and a half years in the Air Force, so. 24 and a half years, wow. That was a very long time. Not, not to not to age you, right? I'm not that far behind. You. <laughs> <laughs> I hit 20, I was like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it seemed to go awesome. by way faster than what I probably deserved. And again, just constantly moving, like I had described, just made that time go by really fast. So very, very grateful. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's good to see that you you're you're still um helping those who who still serve, right? So like not only did you uh contribute your service, but now you're helping those who are who are uh currently active and doing their thing. So again, can't can't thank you enough. Uh what initiatives are you bringing here today? Uh, that we kind of I know there's there's a couple. So which one would you like to start with? Yeah, so what is super interesting being here in Tampa as long as I have been. I've seen kind of an ebb and a flow, if you will, of cyber talent. And with all of these companies moving down to Tampa, uh, we've kind of noticed maybe a drop in cybersecurity professionals and cyber professionals, period. And so it's been really interesting to see, and especially post-COVID, how folks are transitioning from being in a brick and mortar style building to being hybrid and then now what do we do to bring our best foot forward into industry? And so something that we've been working on, uh, myself and you had mentioned Jeff and several other colleagues, are working on how to make Tampa a cyber center of excellence. And that is really starting with the educational system. Uh, Red Sky is working with uh, the K through 12 there in Hillsborough County, along with a couple of other contractors and it's been really rewarding to kind of see the spark and to kind of see that bright light going off with these folks really in high school is the last one that we did and seeing them run a capture the flag and how they can secure their phones and all of these different things. And so that's been really interesting to see. What that ultimately led to was some folks coming out of the White House, coming down here to Tampa to see if Tampa can fulfill a cyber center of excellence to help fulfill cyber gaps. Uh, I believe that the last number we heard was 700,000 cybersecurity professionals are going to go unfilled this year. And so right. how do we fix that? Right. And we, we kind of, we, we preach that as well on the other side of the firewall podcast, uh, that there are so many vacancies uh, and there's just a shortage of, shortage of talent, right? So it's, it's getting those butts and seats. Uh, it's finding, like you said, uh, kids in high school and college and kind of uh, filling the pipeline up so we don't have close to a million vacancies. Um, 
So I, I think that's an, an awesome initiative, uh, as well as it kind of serves the uh, the uh, the audience of both podcasts as well, right? So we have men and women of color who make a very small portion of uh, cyber in general. Like uh, I think when we started the podcast, it was seven percent. Now we're up to nine percent, which is still not representative of the the population, right? So I, I think this is uh, definitely uh, a great initiative. It's good to see that the uh, the White House, because there there has been a lot from the not just this administration, but the past uh, three administrations, trying to build that pipeline, trying to get more people uh, into cyber, uh, putting that money into CISA and the uh, Department of Justice and, and what have you. So if Tampa could be that set, uh, one of those centers of excellence as well to match a, uh, a Miami, a, an Atlanta, a you know Dallas, um, that would be uh, awesome, especially for those of us that they live here, right? So um, it, it's good to see. Absolutely. You know, to see what USF is doing, University of Tampa is doing. Uh, so many of these great schools are really putting their money where their mouth is. And to really help out the local community, I, I think is just absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, definitely. Um, so, we kind of talked a little bit about it off the air. Uh, and I didn't want to, uh, I, I call it burning material when people get too, too, <laughs> oh, wait, 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 let's save it for the show. So, you're saying there's some initiatives that uh, Red Sky was, was doing to help. Uh, people into uh, potentially uh, pursuing education, certification, things of that nature when it comes to uh, this type type of uh, program? Yeah, absolutely. So along with building those partnerships here in Tampa, we have been working with CareerSource Florida in order to help with the Get There Faster grant. And the Get There Faster grant is helping those that are coming out of the military with about a $7,000 grant to get those certifications. There are some other uh, stipulations in order to get an additional $5,000. So what, what we have done is we have partnered with a unbelievable company and uh, ATA and Red Sky have more or less done a partnership in order to really streamline this, get their faster grant. So what we've done is we have we pretty much have all of the paperwork done for you. It's just a matter of you telling us what your interest is, whether it be cybersecurity, uh, whether it be something that is going to benefit the cyber, I'll call it the cyber industrial complex for lack of a better term, but really getting you in there and making you very marketable. And so that $12,000 will help you get those certifications to help get those vouchers, uh, but that's in concert with CareerSource Florida. So Red Sky ATA, we are ready to help you today in order to get those certifications, make you very marketable, and get that experience that everybody is looking for uh, in order to get those high-paying jobs. No, that, that's that's great. So um, with that being said, uh, who who's a good candidate? So because uh, I know people are probably listening, like this sounds very infomercial, uh, like <laughs> so there's no sponsorship, I'm not getting paid for it. Uh, like literally it was, hey, um, I got a, a message from Jeff, like, hey, I think uh, Justin should come on the show. He has some stuff to talk about. Um, so I'm, I'm not being funded by any of this, but I, I want to get more butts and seats. So I was like, I think that's, that's perfect. Like, I think it serves the uh, the audience well. Um, so if someone is listening to this, are they going to share it? Or they plan on uh, sharing it with uh, friends, family, things of that nature. Um, who is a... a, a because uh, there's no such thing as a perfect candidate, but who is a good candidate? Like, what are you kind of looking for and for the most successful jump into um, the, the field by following this, uh, I guess, path, so to say? 
what an amazing question. And the reason that I say that is, is I would say that you cannot pigeonhole yourself into saying, hey, I, I love cyber, so I need to go down that path. Some of the best cyber professionals that I have met have come from um, the defense, uh, law enforcement, maintenance, all of these different backgrounds that maybe you, you might not think that I am that perfect candidate, but I would say that just that mindset and that willingness to go after some hard material, because I'll be honest, it is, it is a challenge, but there is not necessarily somebody that sits in that perfect puzzle piece in order to become a cybersecurity or a cyber professional. Like I said, there were folks in law enforcement, folks in maintenance, all of these different diverse backgrounds really can make a amazing cyber professional. Um, so some of the things that we have done is really gone after as wide of an audience as we possibly can. And maybe you were hurt on the job. Maybe you're not able to be in that particular field that you were in before. Um, so this gives you another amazing opportunity and a very high paying uh, potential job. And so that perfect candidate, I would say, is somebody that is willing to work, willing to study, willing to learn, and willing to be mentored. That mentorship piece in this field is unbelievable. And I, it's, it's one piece where I really feel so much gratification because it seems like everybody is willing to jump in and help. Um, so, you know, two parts, kind of a long, long answer to that short question is, is there's not a particular field that is a perfect candidate but that perfect candidate is really willing to be mentored and do some hard work. No, that, that's, that's a perfect answer, actually. Um, and we, we've talked about it in the past. So uh, uh, not this year, because I've been kind of um, uh, busy with the transition, right? Like, so you, you feel my struggle, like trying to go from being active to being civilian sounds easy. It is not, especially if you spend like, half, I spent half my life, uh, you spent more than half your life. So uh, I can only imagine it just gets harder uh, the transition. But what I'm trying to do is do more of the Ask Assist P throughout the year, because uh, I, I think it, it does bring in a different side of the uh, the audience, people who, who want to hear that long form podcast and, and more of uh, an interview as opposed to uh, the, the topics of the week, which like, please don't stop tuning into that. I'm just I'm just saying like, this is a, a compliment <laughs> to that. But with all that being said, uh, last year, so the, the year of the pandemic, which feels like it was three years, but that year and the following year, I had people on the show who were making that pivot. Like we had uh, one guest, uh, Tisha Harper. She was a flight attendant. And as we all know, when COVID hit, everything shut down uh, and she decided to, to pivot. You know, she had some interest in cyber and now she's a, a, a security engineer, right? Three years later uh, with her own podcast, uh, as well as uh, we, we had a few more people who were pursuing um, uh, educational certification, um, which again, that debate goes on to infinity, right? Like which one's better? Education, certification, experience, yada, yada, yada. The answer is all of the above. Um, so I'm glad you brought up the mentorship uh, because that, that plays a, a humongous part within cyber. Um, Cause a lot of people get, can, not necessarily confused but they conflate IT with cybersecurity, right? Absolutely. Uh, they, they marry well, however, they are uh, different paths to, uh, to making a business do what it does, right? So, um, with that being said, uh, is this program for both IT and cyber, or is it a, a mixture of, or is it coupling more more of one than the other? 
So when I look over the grant, it really does talk about just eligibility. Um, enrollment into Amazon Web Services, CompTIA, Microsoft IT-related certifications, there it is. Okay. Uh, training programs to include cost of associated certifications. And so it really does kind of give that wide net uh, for folks to get in there. And, um, you know, what an amazing thing that they're doing for Hillsborough County. And I, I do have to preface that because right now Hillsborough County is leading the way for this. And so if you are a resident for Hillsborough County, this is absolutely for you. And so that would be the only kind of puzzle piece that, that you do have to fill on this particular one. No, that's still excellent. So uh, I would say, so Hillsborough has to show, show up and show out because I live in Pasco. So like, you know, <laughs> it doesn't quite cover my area. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if, if his world does a good job, I can see it definitely uh, casting a wider net. So that, that's awesome. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that you you did mention that it's not just cybersecurity, it's also IT. So, uh, you know, I, two, year, two, or two years, almost 20 years of IT uh, experience, right? Only half of that being uh, in cybersecurity. So it takes all kinds. So if you want to start your journey on cybersecurity and then maybe move over to IT or vice versa or do a mixture of both, this may be the program for you to uh, to get your feet wet. So that's definitely awesome. Absolutely. You know, I think that uh, just to go back on that mentorship piece is between Red Sky and ATA, um, there is so much mentorship in that veteran space. I can think of six of us right now that have transitioned within the last five years. So a lot of this information is very relevant in order to really speak to what's going on in those problem sets for whomever is getting out, you know, today or really a year down the road. Uh, I know that I try to stay as current with all of the DOD funding sources as well as the career source, uh, Florida funding sources. So again, it does go back to that mentorship. And you had mentioned that, uh, you know, Hillsborough is kind of putting their money where their mouth is. They are the seventh largest um, education system in the nation right now. And so it does make a lot of sense why Hillsborough is putting a lot of that money out there. I actually did not know that. So I just learned something new. And I've lived here for seven years, right? So yeah. uh, I did not know we we're in the top 10. Um, so no, that again, that's an awesome initiative. Uh, and then uh, you did mention uh, veterans as well. So I, I have met a lot of people who uh, are in the process of thinking about separating, but they may have a, a job that's in uh, logistics or supply or uh, law enforcement. And they're like, well, how do I get into cyber? So this is a, this is a venue for you, right? This, this is your, your foot in the door. Like definitely use TA and things of that nature as well uh, to help you uh, before you transition. But uh, for those of you may be trying to do that pivot uh, on your your uh, permissive or terminal, which I see a lot, then this may be the uh, the, the route for you to go to get that leg up. So hundred percent. Now that's a that's a great great point. You know, twenty four months is kind of that sweet spot to where we need to be talking to those folks that are getting ready to pivot out. Um, it does take twenty four months to kind of get everything squared away lined up to really figure out what is going to set you and your family up for success. And, you know, I don't, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but uh, a lot of it came down to those hard conversations with my spouse, making sure that she was bought into this. Um, something that I would absolutely 
pass on to all of those folks that are getting ready to get out is, is have those hard conversations with your spouse, because some of this is going to require some long and intensive studying. Um, not that it's any different than the traditional college experience, but I will tell you uh, when the spouse is bought into you studying for these certifications and knowing what certification day is or test day is, man, it makes that transition so much easier. So yeah, great point. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like uh, definitely the 24 months. So I, I mean, I, I, I did, I, I would like to say two, two and a half years of uh, preparing for the transition and it's still hard. So not to scare anybody, like, like you know, if, if you feel like your, your time of service is, is up and you want to leave uh, to pursue something else, definitely pursue that. But you need to work just as hard at your transition as you worked on anything else in your military career. Because uh, it is no joke whether you do uh, four years or you do 24 years, uh, you will definitely have some uh, some challenges, so to speak. Like nothing is uh, impossible, but you will have some days. Like I'm, like I said, I'm about four months out. You're um, uh, slightly ahead of me, and there's some days where yeah. I'm just like, ah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't understand how to civilian, and I was a civilian <laughs> for half my life before I joined the military. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Tampa is one of those great places, though, where there are so many military members here that, you know, again, we kind of all put our arms around each other and say, hey, let me give you my experience. But it goes back to that willing to be mentored piece that makes such a good candidate, you know, here in the Tampa area. If you're willing to be mentored and willing to listen, man, there's a lot of people out there that are willing to help you. So, yeah, it's a great place. Yeah, you're, and you're definitely an expert in the space, right? Like I said, we met during um, uh, my time at Four Block. So Four Block is one of those uh, uh, organizations that helps military members transition. They put you in front of uh, really large companies with hiring managers that kind of walk you through the process of writing your resume, interviewing, uh, networking, which is paramount when it comes to, uh, to transition, especially the longer you've been in, uh, the bigger your network needs to be, right? Because uh, you, you've you've lost contact with a lot of your civilian peers, and now you have a, a huge pool of military that you can you can lean on uh, as well. So I, I definitely appreciate that, and then having you on here to also uh, express that. So like you're you're doing uh, amazing things in the community, uh, especially for veterans, uh, but not solely for veterans, right? So that, right. I think that has to be uh, brought up as well. So definitely, if uh, you're out there and you are thinking of uh, uh, making that pivot or you're you're not even in the military but you want to make that pivot into uh into cyber or it like this is the person to talk to like this is one this is someone that you should um uh meet on uh linkedin and make that connection so definitely his all of his contact stuff will be uh in the links so i'm going to grab a ton of information from you to include a mugshot right so i can stick it on the, uh, <laughs> so people know who's going to be on the show um so with all that being said, like you're, you're doing a, a lot of huge things uh, for uh, uh, Red Sky, for um, for Four Block, uh, what are you doing outside of that? So we, we always get into this, this conversation where um, like to be in I, the IT space and cybersecurity takes a lot of study, it takes a lot of time, uh, but play hard, you know, or work hard, play hard, right? So. Uh, what does Justin do to unwind? Like, what, what do you what do you do outside of this space? You know, it's it's almost embarrassing to to say, but I truly am a nerd. Um, so studying a lot of of what's going on within the industry, uh, I am a huge technology guy, and so just really understanding what's going on. 
um, you know, yesterday, the WWDC with Apple. It oh, was so interesting to see their Vision Pro, right? I'm so, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm so you excited. Know, because just things that's, like that's that. never going to take off. I'm like, no, I have to have one. Yeah. I know which one do you have to sell in order to buy this product? I know, right? I mean, just thinking about that immersive experience and the things that were really kind of getting, uh, getting in my mind was, is, okay, so now I can utilize this as a work tool. Now I can utilize this as a relaxation tool. Now I can utilize this on the plane, in the car, you know, all of these different things. It, the only the only disadvantage that I would say is maybe it'll catch you off a little bit, which I don't like because I like being involved with my family as much as I can. And especially with my grandkids, you know, my, my granddaughters, they're absolutely amazing. And so that would be the only downfall that I would see to that. But man, thinking about um, just the upfront and personal ability to get in there and do the training. And then all of a sudden you can go watch this unbelievable movie in HD. Wait, I, IMAX in front of your face. Yeah. How cool is that? Truly amazing. Uh, so you, you talked about uh, supporting special uh, uh, operation forces. Uh, so I, I have a little bit of experience myself, right? I worked with Jeff uh, and the joint communication support element and I traveled nice. a lot. And you would not have imagined how many times I would be there in front of something beautiful. And I get it. It's all about being present, being there. But it was so many times I was like, I wish I could capture what I am seeing with my own eyes so I can relive this, right? Like Absolutely. Being on a, you know, Mount Etna in Sicily. Like if I had that provision on my face, I could have took some amazing photos um, so I'm, I'm super excited. Like, I think it's, I think that that's the future of VR as opposed to like the, uh, the MetaQuest 2 I have sitting yeah. over here collecting dust. Right. Um, cause I'm also, a, you know, pretty nerdy. Like, so we got that thing and we don't get <laughs> What a great point though. Just to, I mean, I think about all of the pictures that you took when you traveled, you know, I spent a lot of time in Jordan and a lot of time in Korea and just to go to those places that, people save their entire life to go to Petra, to go to the baptismal side of Jesus. And then to be able to share that in that virtual experience, man, what a cool opportunity that's going to be to really give those crystal clear pictures and to be able to show that to family, you know, as close as what that's going to be. So super yeah. excited about it. it. It makes me mad at all the photos I did take. Like I'm thinking about it now, like, so Israel floating in the Dead Sea, that's a cool picture. But how much cooler would it be if I had the provision? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> on, right? Absolutely. Like it's, I think it's going to change the game. I think, uh, obviously, it'll be us early adopters. And I say that, and uh, it's going to take a lot of convincing in order for me to purchase <laughs> that product. But it's going to take us in order to make that thing affordable, right? Like We have to go out and Absolutely. purchase it. And then one day, it'll be a reasonable price. It'll be like buying a cell phone. Absolutely. As opposed to, I think it's like $3,500, which I'm just like... But I want it though. Yeah. I, I don't know. $3,500 is going to be tough to come up off of, but it, it is, it is, but I don't see it coming down in the near future, right? Like the, uh, the, the max, uh, headphones are still pretty pricey and they didn't even make yeah. a, a second version of that yet. Cause they, they're so good, uh, yeah. where they're currently at. You know, this bucks, thing, I think. Yeah. If this thing functions the way that they advertise, they won't have to make a new version for a few years. Absolutely. So the the other piece to me, I think that that absolutely fits so well into this is I'm a huge sports nerd, 
And so between basketball, football, and hockey, think about those immersive experiences and that, uh, and that vision as well. You know, I was thinking about it yesterday. What is that going to do for ticket sales? Is it going to decrease ticket sales when oh, you can see that immersive experience right there? You know, you got Terrell Owens or whoever catching that ball and seeing those amazing catches. And I only bring up T.O. because he's got one of the best catches in NFL history. Right, right. You know, so to see that in that immersive experience, how cool is that going to be? I, I don't know. It's it's going to be a challenge. So NFL and NFL and NBA and NHL are going to have to step up their game right. in order to kind of combat that. Right. So I, I I can see like we're going off on a tangent, but this this is my my bread and butter. This is what I'm <laughs> I, with you. I have, I have to think this out out loud. Um, I think they can charge for those experiences. Like I just went to the movies with uh, with all, all three kids to see um, uh, the latest Spider Man. Amazing. Nice. I don't know if you've seen it yet. It, like, you don't have to be a Spider Man fan or a uh, a fan of comics. Like it's just an amazing movie altogether. But uh, I say it to say I spent a lot of money. <laughs> the Absolutely. movies are not cheap. However, uh, if you charge me movie prices. Um, to to strut this thing on, onto my face and, and view it, I would still pay that. Like I'd pay the because it's like buying a buying a television, right? That's how much it's going to cost. It's like buying a TV or a very expensive computer, uh, but you'll have it for for years. Um, I would I would pay, um, you know, like to go to Beyonce's concert, but be in my own home, like with spatial audio. <laughs> I'd pay Beyonce uh, tickets to to not have to leave my house. And and deal with the you know the the crowds of people, but uh, I guess we'll we'll see. Um, there's a lot there, right, to unpack that they can do with this this device, um, and make it unique to each individual, right? Like you you can have your own personal concert uh, or your own movie experience, uh, but you're still not shuttered from the world, right? It's not the, like the Oculus where it's blocking everything. Right. Like literally, it augments your reality, so it just makes things. Ryan, you are speaking my language better. <laughs> so concerts, man, there is not much better for therapy, for whatever you want to call it, but going and seeing those concerts. And, you know, until you brought it up right now, think about those immersive experiences that, that these people are going to be able to charge. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go see Lionel Richie in August. And I am beside mm -hmm. myself to go see Lionel Richie and Earth, Wind and Fire but those tickets are already sold out. So how do we help or how do we get that in front of all of these cyber professionals? Um, because they understand it, because they understand what it took to get that, you know, the audio and the sound and that immersive experience to be able to see Lionel Richie, maybe on his last tour, man, I hope not. But man, just thinking about that, because that's my next big one coming up to have that really cool immersive experience. And I'm I'm not going to tell you what I paid for them tickets, but it's uh, it will be a slight trade off for right, those tickets right. versus that Vision Pro, right? But it's so, and I think that that that's also a thing, right? Like we, I know there's legislation going in to, to stop the resale of tickets because that's ridiculous. Uh, it's it's uh, the bane of my existence when it comes to uh, buying new tech because I'm sure that's going to happen with this, uh, and also with buying tickets to anything. Uh, resellers are uh, they're evil <laughs> yeah like I get absolutely. making your money capitalism all that good stuff but there's no way you should be charging me two two and a half times for 
the thing you right. just purchased, right? Uh, there has to be some some sort of restriction. So this, I think, would uh, even help that, right? Like, do you want to go see the the uh, concert live, or or like you said, is it sold out? But we have these individual, you know, provision tickets that you can buy at a premium. Right. Uh, you still won't be paying, you know, what you paid for the Lionel Richie concert. But uh, I, I think that instead of like. They filled it. They filled an arena. Now they can fill an arena plus several more hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people in this Absolutely. space. Absolutely. And that all goes to you know the artist or whomever. Uh, so I think it's a good idea. So man, and to bring this back full full circle, as we're talking through this, think about all of the opportunities within cyber, within encryption, within okay. transport. All of these jobs that are going to be created just based off of that that you just talked about, being able to put that around the world in that immersive experience for all of these cyber professionals that are going to be out there. Um, man, I, I never really thought about that until you just put that into context. All of these jobs are going to open up because of things like Vision Pro to be able to have those immersive experiences. And then how do they create that ticket or that experience? Uh, to one, to be able to watch it live, and then two, to make sure that it's not out there being pirated or whatever the case. So right. how do you put that value on that? Well, you you have another million vacant. So add another million vacancies on top right. of the, the 700,000 you just spoke of. So 100%. more opportunity to get more people in, uh, in butts and seats, right? Um, so no, so I, I uh, thank you for walking down that that road with me because I've tried to talk to my kids about it. They didn't want to hear it. <laughs> Well, like, what is what is so their dorky in those? Like, what's I'm their passion though? I, I mean, everybody loves sports in some way. So take your love of sports, and now take your love of cyber, and man, you marry them. Whew, you got you got somebody that's going to just absolutely knock that job out of the park. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. And just and any any of the the new experiences that come out, like um, so my my youngest, so my my uh, my older two, they they tease me because they're they're uh, they're in the medical field, right? Is what they're okay. heading towards. They're both in high school. Uh, uh, next year, I'll have a senior and a, a sophomore in high school. It blows my mind. Uh, both of them are the, going down the medical track, so their clinicals are starting. They're you know taking their advanced classes and what have you. But the youngest, he started Roblox uh, uh, summer camp today. Nice. He, he was so excited. So it was you know he took pictures of him uh, sitting in front of the uh, the PC. He had his uh, instructor in front of him. It's a very small class. So he gets individual attention, all that good stuff. But not only do they teach them how to um, how to work within the system, how to, uh, a little bit of scripting, right? It's, it's uh, beginner to intermediate, but then how right. to, to monetize. So at, at an eight-year-old who has a passion for playing the game is already learning how to make merchandise for his game, right? Uh, so just imagine that that same uh, path for this new device, right? Like, what will they be able to create and monetize? Like, it's it's opening up all types of possibilities um, for both content consumers and content creators. So I, I'm ex extremely excited. I just love the fact that these young men and women that are so immersed in, like you said, Roblox, man, now that that wheel is already turning, it, how cool is that? We're we're starting so early with these young men and women that are going to be uh, truly one inspirational and two, they're going to take us beyond what we thought, what we've seen in the last twenty years. Mm -hmm. So, I, man, I congratulations. That is awesome. I'm excited to hear how how that young man does oh, yeah, in that, uh, in that camp. <laughs> 
And uh, uh, the instructor was also pretty, like, so it's the proud dad thing, right? You guys, you got to talk up your kids. Um, but uh, just the glow in his eyes, he started, and then uh, it starts with the instructor, like, hey, play my level. He plays the level, and he's like, hey, do you want to learn how to make this level? Uh, and then uh, he asked my son to open up the editor, and then my son's already building. And he's just like, oh, wait a minute, you already know how to do this? Like, YouTube, right? YouTube kids taught him yeah. how to already, the, the building blocks. So he went from here's the basics to, no, here's some ideas for level design. Like, you know, maybe that wall is too tall. Like maybe you make it shorter. It can help, you know, uh, uh, players understand the, the geometry and what have you. So I say, I just say lots of content. If this thing does uh, jump off, like I think it will, like, again, I, I get it's, it's crazy, crazy expensive, but like you said, you're going to have the, uh, the cyber piece of it, where it's going to create a, 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 almost a new field, uh, as well as now you have content creators like potentially my youngest if he sticks with it right who will grow up in this uh arena and then they'll be building the tech of the future right so like I'm man i can't excited. stop smiling on this side just <laughs> thinking about thinking about it you know i can hear the conversations getting ready to happen man where's my vision pro you already know it's gonna be a young man's room because he's gonna yeah, be up there coding dollars <laughs> back where you found it <laughs> <laughs> but you know, dad <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully uh hopefully it does take off hopefully it does become uh cheaper sooner because uh like even even for for therapy like uh, you talked a little bit about that um as well like uh with veterans coming out of the uh the military um like you may not feel like you want to go see somebody but now that somebody can come see you right so there's all types of implications right and and different 100%. ways it can be used so I, I'm pretty excited. Um, 100%. Man, what a great point. You just don't have the energy or the ability to, to get out of the house that particular day. Uh, and don't, don't conflate it. Don't, uh, don't confuse it. But I think that that human interaction is, is extremely important. But there oh, yeah. are absolutely days, you know, maybe you're sick you know, whatever the case, and maybe that just pushes you over uh, just to make yourself feel a little bit better. So, man, what an amazing point. Thank you for bringing that up, especially in the veteran space. Um, anything that we can do to help them, man, what an amazing opportunity that'll be. Yeah, I think I think there's there's a, a lot there. So we, we'll see. Like a year from now, we'll be uh, talking about this on within the, uh, the goggles. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> So we will yep. see how that how that all goes down. Um, but before we uh, we wrap it up, I always like to uh, to ask a question at the end, right? So uh, I know you've you've been on a, a few podcasts uh, recently. I've been seeing your your name pop up, thumbnails, all that good stuff. Um, so I, I definitely thank you for for gracing uh, our, our podcast and and bringing this to our uh, to our our base as well. Uh, with that being said, though, what is like if you were me? So it's, it's, uh, you you were the host of the uh, the podcast. I'm you. What's something that you were like, man, I wish somebody would ask me this, whether it be on topic or off topic or, or what have you, but what's something you were like, man, I really wish this question had been asked or I really wish um, someone had had asked me about this because I have something to, to say about this. It could, and it doesn't even have to be that impactful, but what's, what's something that you would ask in my place? You know, the the whole thing with cyber is what is it that motivates you to get into the career field? What is it that inspires you to continue to do this job really well? And I think when you kind of take those two questions and you have those in mind, 
it makes it really easy to get up and do this job each and every day. And, you know, Simon Sinek said it really, really well of what is your why? So if I was sitting in your seat, I would ask, you know, not only whoever is on the other side of the microphone, but your particular uh, audience members, what gets you up in the morning? What I would argue that, you know, between 630 and eight is the hardest time of everybody's day, just trying to get up and get going that first cup of coffee. So what can we do in order to make that just a little bit easier? What inspires you? What inspires you to take this technology to the next to the next level? Um, and when you can find that, it makes that 630 to eight so much easier. And then the second thing is, is I am absolutely motivated by my grandkids. Uh, to see what is going to, what are they going to have to find out or figure out in the technology space? So my motivation is, is to make sure that they are armed and equipped with whatever the latest and greatest technology is in order to make them smarter, to make them more knowledgeable in whatever it is that, that makes them happy. And then how do I how do I make this technology available to as many people as we can? That motivates the unbelievable just mess out of me, because the more that we educate, the more that we put this knowledge out there, the more that we make it uh, readily available to underserved, underprivileged in those spaces to where, hey, maybe they didn't have that opportunity. Man, that motivates the crap out of me as well. So how do we get it out there? How do we make it better? But what is it that, that motivates you? My motivations might be different, but if you could ask what inspires you and what motivates you and really solidify that to get you started out of the gate, man, that's where we start making unbelievable strides in technology. Awesome. Well, Justin, I think I can't end it any better than that. So I, again, I greatly appreciate your time. Uh, for those, all those who are listening, uh, definitely continue to tune in throughout the week. Uh, these episodes usually go up on Thursdays. So if you're listening to this, it's probably on a Thursday or later. Um, however, just keep tuning uh, to the uh, the podcast Monday through Friday. Uh, hit us up by the social medias that go by our name. You can hit me up personally. I'm at Rye Rye Security Guy. That's R-Y-R-Y Security Guy. I'm on LinkedIn, Clubhouse, and uh, Twitter. And where can they find you, Justin? So they can find me on LinkedIn. And I am Justin. L cook one, I believe. Um, I will make sure that I get that for you. I know that I had to change it uh, just to make it easier. Gotcha. Um, the link will be uh, on the bio as well. Perfect. Because uh, I, I didn't mention that you also have to send me a bio. So there's that. <laughs> perfect. But no, I, I try to make myself unbelievably available here in the Tampa area. Um, whatever I can do to help benefit Tampa, Tampa Cyber, or, you know, whatever, whatever knowledge I've got is, is absolutely open to anybody and everybody. Uh, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I want to make this, this industry uh, motivational and inspirational for sure. Make it easy for you to get up in the morning. Ryan, thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been great talking to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been an amazing show and you're an amazing person. So thank you again for, uh, for being on the show. Everybody thank you for the kind words. Oh, yeah, no, no, no doubt. Uh, definitely continue to tune in, uh, listen to us, uh, follow Justin so you can hear him on uh, other podcasts as well, uh, or just shoot him a message so that way you can uh, make a connection with him. Stay safe, stay secure.